History History Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Jordan. Welcome to episode 48, mm-hmm. which is Luca Rocco Magnata, or the Don't Fuck With Cats guy. Guy. Yeah. We're going to be talking. I went through some some rabbit holes. She's real excited. I'm obsessed. Yeah. It took me forever to listen to this or watch this shit because I can't do animals. She's joining Facebook groups left and right. Facebook groups. Man. I found these people. I don't know what's happening too to deep. me. In I am. Too deep. I am. So before we get into all the, the nitty gritty, let's talk about some, some business first, like we do. How many downloads we at? 25,582. Woo. Yeah. So I think I smell a giveaway mm-hmm. coming. We said we were going to hit it whenever we were at 25,000. We're a little bit over that. Mm-hmm. So look for that, yes. a giveaway. Mm-hmm. We don't know what we're doing yet. We're not very prepared. Nah, probably a t-shirt. T-shirt. Since it's almost spring, kind of. It is. It's February, but it's almost spring. We're in fool's winter, or summer, or spring. It's What's it called? Third time's charm. Spring. <laughs> yeah. Nailed it. I'm about to, I'm ready to go swimming, quite honestly. It's it 50. good yesterday. It was like probably close to 60. Yeah. We went to Yellow Springs yesterday. Now it's back down to 30. It's raining. Yeah, not good. Not good. Anyway, tell them about our Patreon and our website. So our website is mysteryhistorypodcast.com. Uh, there we have our episodes, all of our backlog of episodes. Um, we have our merch. We have shirts, hoodies, blankets, clocks, anything you can think of. Everything. Uh, we also have a contact page where you can, um, there's a community uh, Discord mm-hmm. uh, link there, so you can join that. And if sometimes the link expires, I set it to never expire, but for some reason it still expires. So if you go there and it doesn't work, just uh, reach out to me and I'll I'll send you the link to it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it I is really cool. like that. It's cool to have people talk. Yeah, because we're all like minded. I mean, we're all Crazy. talking and listening to the same stuff. So. Crazy pants. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, um, you could. What else was I going to say? Oh, from there we also have our Patreon page. Um, we have two tiers. The first tier is two dollars. Which gets you next week's episode now and a 10% discount to the store. And then the second tier is $5. Gets you next week's episode now, a 20% discount code to the store, and then a extra bonus episode every Friday. Yeah. Bonus episodes. Bonus. Yeah. That's good. And we're starting to just do, we were at the beginning kind of covering topics, but we're kind of just talking now. Yeah. Because it seems like people just like to hear us talk about nonsense. So we yeah. kind of just go off on tangents and just, that's a way for you guys to get to know us better other than just reading stuff. Yeah. So, and then also I forgot to mention on our website, we have on the contact page, we have a link where you can leave us a voice message mm-hmm. and we received a voice message. We did play. I'm so excited. Okay. She's got the cutest voice I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Here okay. it goes. Here it is. Hi Ali, hi Jordan, Uh, this is Gemma, I listen from the UK and I just want to say how awesome your podcast is, Um, I listen to it every night, like I repeat episodes, it's that awesome, thank you so much for creating a podcast that sounds like I'm just hanging out with friends, Uh, wish that I was over in in the USA so that I could actually hang out with you guys um, and be friends in real life, but I feel like I've actually got friends anyway. Love you all. Bye. Gemma. We are we are friends. We're friends, girl. Mm -hmm. You're the cutest thing. Thank you so much. She even did the bye that we do. The bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) We love you, Gemma, and thank you so much for leaving us a voice message. We get so excited. Yeah, that was very nice. So yeah. So you can do that too, people. Yeah, and we'll play it on the show. Talk to us. Mm -hmm. Do it. So cute. Um, yes, and we also got a um, another five star review from Sweet Snake Bite. Mm. Sweet. She says, <laughs> "Sweet love listening to the talented brother sister duo. Their banter and childhood stories lighten up very dark tales of murder and mystery. Keep up the good work. 
So thank you so much. Like literally from yeah. the bottom of our hearts. Yeah. Thank you. Super nice. Talented is a bit of a stretch, but we'll take it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we just kind of show up and we'll do talk, some things. Talk a little. Yeah. But no, seriously, thank you. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about our Discord community. Make sure you're asking for those links. I'd really like to be revving that up. Let's talk more. Let's, you know, uh, currently we're talking about some books that we're reading. Um, I read a really good book called The Sundown Hotel, hmm. which is really, really, really good. It's like mur- it's like murder mystery, ghost story, all set in like a Bates Motel type situation. So that's really good. Um, but yeah, just we could talk about whatever. Hmm. Talk about your pets. Talk about what you're doing tomorrow. I don't know. Just let's talk. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I do want to give two shout outs before we start getting into this crazy ass story that I'm really excited about. Motherfucker right here. So, we want to shout out Let's Adult Podcast. Uh, you can find them on Instagram at Let's Adult Podcast, um, or they have a website. They're available on Apple and Spotify, and um, and yeah, just go and give them some love. Mm-hmm. And then also, I wanted to shout out my friend Evan. Uh, he has his own business. It's called Sweet Teas. That's sweet, and then T-E-E, like T-shirt, mm. Cakes and crafts. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can find him on Facebook or you can email him at sweet teas cakes and crafts at yahoo.com. Uh, he makes he makes cakes, uh, he makes really good cupcakes and all that kind of stuff. He designs them really cute. I don't know how he does it. He's a magician. Hmm. Uh, but whatever you want, he can do. He's based out of Columbus, so not so much probably for the cakes and sweets, but he also does crafts like t-shirts, screen printed t-shirts. He can make your design come to life. He will ship. Um, so go visit him on Facebook and kind of see what he's got going on. He does specials sometimes. Like I know he's got one for St. Patty's Day coming up where you can get a t-shirt for I think it's $12. Um, but then if you want to, you know, get it shipped, that's an extra charge. But they're they're good. He does great quality work. So hmm. go visit him. Okay, let's everybody take a deep breath. <laughs> Are you ready? It's all downhill from here. I'm like so. You're jazzed up. I'm jazzed. You're jazzed. I <laughs> wish that I could have been in this community to catch this fucking guy because he's a terrible person and he deserves to burn in hell. <laughs> so, anyway. Tell us how you really let's, feel. Let's talk about him. Oh, boy. So, Eric Clinton Kirk Newman. Too many names to start off with. That is nothing, a sign of a serial killer. Nothing ever goes right. If you have four names, it's not good. John Wilkes Booth. Yeah. <laughs> Does one. I don't Can't know. Can't think of anymore. I'm sure they're <laughs> out there. <laughs> He's the one of the one worst. Of yeah, he was not good. No. Shot a guy. Shot Pretty a very, important guy. Very important guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric Clinton Kirk Newman was born July 24th, 1982 in Scarborough, Ontario. His father, Donald Newman, had mental problems starting when he was around 35 to 40 years old and was eventually diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia and manic depression in 1996. Not good. Not a good combo. Not a good sign. Nope. His mother, Anna Yorkin, was germaphobe, which I don't have that problem. Mm-mm. Maybe too... The opposite. Yeah. What's it? No, What's that? No, I'm not a scientist. I'm <laughs> the wrong guy. <laughs> uh, anyway, she had it and had an extreme obsession with cleanliness. She often locked her kids outside the house to keep it clean. And I mean, I understand that a little bit because kids effective. are tornadoes. Yeah. Um, Anna and Donald divorced when Eric was a teenager. Also, Anna, it was it's said that they had rabbits and she set them outside and they froze to death. Damn. So that's not good. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. They're too messy. Mm-hmm. He uh, Eric was the oldest of three kids. He had one brother and one sister. Up until 1998, he and his brother were homeschooled, and they were pretty isolated from, like, other kids. Hmm. In 1998, Eric went to I.E. Weldon Secondary School, and he studied there until 2000. His teachers and classmates said he was very vain and was the target of bullies. So in 2001, Eric moved to uh, Toronto. I'm sorry. I almost said Ontario. On Toronto. <laughs> on Toronto. <laughs> he moved to Toronto, and in 2002, he started working um, as a stripper in a nightclub called Remington's. He then started appearing in 
pornos and had completed two by 2003. That's a pretty good name for Remingtons because, like, check out these guns. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yikes. That's disgusting. Oh, boy. In 2003, Eric made friends with a 21-year-old mentally handicapped woman. Her mental age was between 8 and 12 years old. Yikes. He assaulted her sexually and took a video of it through the whole thing. Jesus. He then convinced her to apply for a credit card and decided to rack up a $10,000 bill. Jesus. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, no kidding. In 2004, he was charged with fraud and sexual assault. The sexual harassment uh, charge was dropped, but he was still tried for the fraud. During the trial, the lawyer showed the court his medical report stating that he had significant psychiatric issues, so the judge let him off. Hmm. Light. Not off completely, just later. In 2005, Eric appeared as a pinup model for, um, or in the Fab Boy page of Fab Magazine, a biweekly magazine based out of Toronto. He referred to himself as Jimmy. He described himself as Russian-born and hoped to become a homicide police officer. Oh, how the plot thickens. Has anybody mm. seen Grind? Jimmy was Jimmy. Jimmy was Jimmy. Jimmy was, <laughs> Jimmy was <laughs> off the hook. <laughs> off the hook. If you haven't seen Grind, you should watch, watch it. It's it. a yeah, good one. That's a good one. In 2006, um, in August, he legally changed his name to Luca Rocco Magnata and continued his porn star journey. He also started working as an escort using na- uh, names like Vladimir Romanov and Jimmy. Jimmy was Jimmy. <laughs> That's a, Vladimir Romanov is so like specific, and it's just Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> he could have um, done better, I feel. So we will now start referring to Eric as Luca. Yeah, because he changed like, his name. She's yeah. probably like, who the hell is this Eric character, and why are you telling me about him? Yeah. This is supposed to be about Luca. So uh, Eric, Vladimir, Jimmy, and Luca are all the same guy. They are. <laughs> But yeah, so now we're going to start, he's Luca now. Yeah. Luca Rocco Magnata. Yeah. Which is a pretty legit name, I got to say. I like it. Mm. But I don't like him. No. Because he's a piece of shit. Okay. 2006. So this is the timeline. So this is how I I wrote this story, so to speak. So we're kind of going to maybe jump around some parts, but I tried to make it, you know, in ascending order. So in 2006, Lucas started getting real hot and heavy into his virtual life because he probably didn't have any friends because he's a loser. Mm-hmm. He created and maintained 70 Facebook pages. Jesus. That's with like all different identities. How the hell do you even like? It's like catfish. I can't even keep up one. Me neither. <laughs> and then on top of that, he had 20 websites with like discussion forums attached to him. So I don't even know how long, like how many hours this would entail of your this life, is just to be like nonstop, yeah. yeah, managing. And then like he go on one Facebook page, and then comment on the Luca page, saying, "Oh my God, you're so hot, so sexy," and then like you know just continually Yikes. would do this. Um, he started planting rumors on these pages about himself to try to get up his notoriety. The biggest one was that he was in a relationship with Carla Holmoka, who was a prolific Canadian serial killer and rapist. So that was the Barbie and Ken murders. It was her and her husband. Mm. They did some really bad stuff. So, in 2007, Luca got himself into $17,000 worth of debt and was unable to pay it. Shocker. Hmm. He filed bankruptcy listing illness, lack of employment, and insufficient income to pay off debts. During this time, he had auditioned for reality shows like Out TV's Cover Guy and Slice Network's Plastic Makes Perfect, but didn't land any roles. Yeah. And that's the confusing part. So, like, he doesn't... I mean, he he's hooking, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but... He has all this plastic surgery done to him, so I don't know how you would afford that. I don't. I feel maybe that's the seventeen thousand yeah. dollars in debt that he just couldn't pay. It must be. Who's giving him these these credit cards? They're probably the, from that girl still. Ugh, it's ten thousand probably from that. Yeah. So in two thousand nine, Luca went on a tour of Russia, Italy, and France with a seventy year old man, who he had had a relationship with. Yikes. After that, he started making darker posts on his Facebook. In 2010, he posted a link to a video showing a man being beaten to death on one of his Facebook pages. Not healthy. No. Here, oh. <laughs> and this is what we're talking about, this shit. That's so unhealthy. 
to post a video like that, but come listen to us talk about all this yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's how, different how, people. How dare he? <laughs> around Christmas of 2010, there's a video titled One Boy, Two Kittens, which was floating around the web of an unidentified man putting two kittens in a bag and then using a vacuum and sucking the air out of the bag. <sighs> this enraged tons of internet keyboard warriors. Animal lovers formed a Facebook group called Find the Vacuum Kitten Killer for Great Justice. Which uh, I joined. <laughs> Rescue Inc., an animal protection group, joined in and posted a $5,000 reward for any info that leads to the arrest of the vacuum kitten killer. So I got to tell you. Mm. So this whole thing, okay, has been out for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Quite a while. I've been avoiding it like the plague. <laughs> Because I can't do it. I cannot see anything happen to little babies, kittens, dogs, any kind of animal. I don't want to see it. And I was afraid of how much they were going to show. And everybody's like, oh, it's okay. You know, they don't show a whole lot. They show, I mean, you know what's happening. Yeah. You don't see necessarily them dying, but you see the before and the after. Yeah. So I was in my bedroom. Josh was sitting in the chair where you can see into the bedroom. I'm watching this thing, and then the vacuum starts going. And I cover my eyes. Then I close my eyes. I cover my ears, and I bang on them. And I say, Josh, you got to come here and tell me when it's over because I can't do it. But then it happens again, (laughs) and it happens again. So just know that your heart's going to hurt whenever you watch this. But really, it is a good documentary mm-hmm. it's really good um okay so two of the admins of the group so i joined this page because i'm in deep two of the admins of this group um are the two that are most interviewed in the documentary um john green he lives in los angeles and deanna thompson also known as body Movin', which i think is a pretty cute name she lives in Las Vegas, and she's a casino data analyst. The two formed a fast friendship, and they relied on each other to pick apart the video evidence. So they would watch it frame by frame by frame. Like, there's a wolf blanket on the bed. Where did you go? To, where could you go buy this blanket? Oh, look at the outlets. What country is he in? Like, just crazy, mm-hmm. crazy stuff. Um, so they picked apart that video. And then the unidentified man posted another another couple of videos. One was drowning a cat in a bathtub, and that is an image I cannot get out of my mind. You don't see anything, but you see this poor cat, and it looks at the camera, and it's like, help me. Okay? Um, and another one was Python Christmas, where a kitten was eaten alive by a Burmese python. So he put the python in the bed, hid it under the uh, pillows, and just basically put this cat on a bag, or on the bag, on the bed, Mm -hmm. and uh, it happened. Okay? So the Facebook group worked hours upon hours, going frame by frame. Um, They ended up, they kind of hit dead ends with the light sockets and the blanket, but the vacuum that he used to suck the air out of the bag... That was where they first kind of got their break. So they started researching and seeing where this vacuum was sold. In January of 2011, they suspected Magnada to be the one killing the kittens. So they did inform the police that they suspected it to be him. Hmm. On May 16th, 2012, one of the several online accounts uh, the Facebook group monitored posted there would be a new video coming soon titled One Lunatic, One Ice Pick. During this time, Luca moved from Toronto to Montreal. Yes. And the, the Facebook group would look at pictures of him and then kind of pinpoint where he was located. It's pretty amazing. It's, like, scary. Yes. That, like, anything you post, basically, people can, like, find if they want to. Yeah. Just, pretty wild. Yeah. They'll find a, some sort of thing in the image and be like i can find that i'll walk the streets of montreal looking for the bricks that like a staircase that he's at like it's nuts i mean it's pretty he kind of did it to himself though yeah I mean, like he, he wanted the fame yep yeah so it's like if you wouldn't have posted anything he might not have been caught right but he just couldn't and that yeah, ends just, up spoiler alert leads to why he is in custody now because he's so vain yeah that's crazy okay okay May 25th. This is a long day, okay? So buckle up, buttercups. 
One lunatic, one ice pick was uploaded to bestgore.com. And I got to tell you, whenever I type my notes out and I put a .com at the end, it makes it a hyperlink. Mm-hmm. And whoops, I clicked on it. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I was trying to X out of it because I don't want to see anything like that. Because, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, it was bad. The video that was uploaded to Best Score was 11 minutes long, and it showed a naked man tied to a bed frame who was repeatedly stabbed with an ice pick and a kitchen knife. It briefly showed some necrophilia. It also showed the victim's body being dismembered with a knife and part of it fed to a dog. Jesus. Then the dog was also killed, which is really not good. In the video, (laughs) the 1987 New Order song True Faith plays in the background and a poster of the 1942 film Casablanca is visible on the wall. The very next day, the video was reported to the police who confirmed it was authentic and the victim appeared to be Asian. On the same day, a package containing a left foot was delivered to the Conservative Party of Canada's national headquarters. A note was placed with the package saying six body parts had been distributed and that they would kill again. Another package containing a left hand was discovered in the post office in, I'm going to say this wrong, Cote d'Isneeg. Yeah. <laughs> Video footage was checked at where the packages were sent from, and an image of the shipper was the same with um, as the video surveillance from the apartment building. Okay. So same day, the same day, a uh, janitor discovered a decomposing torso inside a suitcase left in a garbage pile in the alley of the apartment building. 5720 Decarie Boulevard in the Snowden area of Montreal. He saw the suitcase earlier in the day, but thought it was left by the garbage truck uh, because there was a lot of trash that day. The police were called to the scene and discovered human remains, bloody clothes, papers identifying the suspect, sharp and blunt objects, and a dead dog. Video surveillance was checked from the apartment building and showed a suspect bringing a number of garbage bags outside the house. At 11.33 p.m., the police searched the apartment that Magnata had been renting. He had moved in four months prior and was renting. Um, his rent was paid up until June 1st. Blood was found on different items, including the mattress, refrigerator, table, and bathtub. A quote was written inside of the closet with red ink saying, If you don't like the reflection, don't look in the mirror. I don't care. He does care. He does. He cares too a, much. A lot. A lot. Yeah. Okay, so we're still on March 25th. Luca had booked a ticket from Montreal to Paris, France, using his uh, own passport and name. When he arrived in France, his cell phone signal was traced to a hotel in Bagnolet, but he left uh, by the time the police arrived. Porn mags and air sickness bags were all over the hotel room. Luca used a false passport with the name Kirk Tremel at the hotel, he had contacts in Paris from a prior visit, and the police were following a big guy who used to be in contact with Luca to see if maybe they'd meet up. Hmm. On May 26th, a, an attorney from uh, Montana, Roger Renville, attempted to report the one lunatic, one ice pick video to the Toronto police. His Montana local sheriff and the FBI, um, but the report was dismissed by officials. Best Corps viewers also attempted to report the video, but they were also dismissed. Bet you feel dumb now, don't you? Yeah. On May 29th, 2012, Jun Lin, a Chinese man, was reported missing. His boss was suspicious when he did not show up and sent three of his friends to his apartment where he was nowhere to be found. Yeah. So Jun Lin was a 34-year-old international student from Wuhan and an undergraduate in, and was an undergraduate in engineering and computer science at Concordia University in Montreal. Lynn had met Luca through a Craigslist man. I can't talk. Craigslist ad um, that Magnata had posted advertising sex and bondage. They met for the first time on May twenty fourth, two thousand twelve. So on May thirtieth, two thousand twelve, the body parts belonged to the same individual who was found in the suitcase, which were later identified to be June Lynn. The suspect in the case was Magnata and was on the run. Yeah. On May 31st, 2012, an arrest warrant was issued by the Service des Police de la Ville de Montreal. That's a lot of names. It is. And was later upgraded to a Canadian-wide warrant by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, accusing Luca of first-degree murder, 
committing an indignity to a dead body, publishing of seed material, mailing of seed material, um, indecent, immoral, and scurler. How do you say that word? Scurler. Scurler. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. Material and criminally harassing Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper and several unharmed or unarmed members of Parliament. Unnamed. Un- oh, wow. Oh no, they were probably unarmed. They probably were also unarmed, but they also yeah. not named. <laughs> Interpol issued a red notice for Luca at the request of the Canadian authorities. His name and photo were added to the top page of the Interpol website. The red notice requested that Luca be arrested and extradited back to Canada. Yep. Uh, June 1st-ish. That's me just trying to count the number of days, so I'm putting it kind of around June 1st. Luca boarded a Eurolines bus at the Bagnolet coach station, and he was headed to Berlin, Germany. He was out of there. Mm. And he was wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt. Not very wholesome, this guy. No, he shouldn't be wearing Mickey Mouse Mm-mm. shirt. Shouldn't be allowed to buy that. No. So on June 4th, Luca went to an internet cafe in the Nekolin district. He wanted to see what everyone was saying about him. Because he's vain as yeah. shit. Kadir and Lassi. I'm going to say that's how. Yeah. I'm trying to read it again, but I think that's how it's said who ran the internet cafe, believed him to be the suspect everyone was looking for and called the authorities. The Berlin police um, pounced and were able to arrest him. Luca tried to give a fake name, but his identity was confirmed through fingerprints. Yeah, Luca, we caught you now, bitch. Wouldn't you think you'd have, like, a... Like, why... Wouldn't you have, like, a phone? Like, why is he going to an internet cafe? I don't know, but probably because he can't use his phone because they'll triangulate the thing. But, I mean, I feel like you could buy, like, a burner phone. Or just, like, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I don't Weird. know. Weird. Or you just not go to internet cafes trying to look at what people are saying about you. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Dummy. On June 5th, 2012, Luca appeared in the Berlin court. He did not oppose his extradition, and there was sufficient evidence to hold him until he was able to be extradited. That same day, a package containing a right foot was delivered to St. George School and another package containing a right hand to False Creek Elementary School in Vancouver. What I don't know fuck? why he's sending them to schools. Yeah, I really don't understand that. Up. I think it's just He's just sick. sick. Yeah. It was confirmed both packages were sent from Montreal. Those packages contained notes, but the police did not release what the notes said to the public. Must have been bad. Yeah. On June 6th, Jun Lin's family arrived at Trudeau Airport in Montreal. The Chinese Students and Scholars Association of Concordia University established a fund um, that paid for their trip, and and an award was created in his honor. A candlelight vigil was held in Montreal. In China, they were were highly critical to Canada, saying the murder may have been racially motivated. China was questioning the public safety in Canada— as this was the second murder of a Chinese student there in a little over a year. Foreign Affairs Minister John Baird called Chinese Ambassador Junsei Zhang to give his condolences. On June 13, 2012, the four limbs and torso were matched to Lin using DNA samples from his family. How terrible. And, like, his family was all the way in China. Yeah. So I don't know how far away China is from Canada, Probably but f- really far. Yeah. Well, Montreal... Is Montreal... It's on the like, West Coast? I don't know. I don't know either. Why either way, it's far. Me these questions? Because, <laughs> I mean, if it's on the West Coast, it'd be closer. Yeah. But. I don't I don't know. I think Montreal's pretty just far up there, because that's they speak uh, French there. Yeah. Wee oui, wee. Oui. See. That's wrong. See, see. See, see you later. Uh. Okay. June 18th. Luca was delivered to Canadian authorities in Berlin, and he was flown aboard Royal Canadian Air Force CC-150 Polaris to Mirabel International Airport in North Montreal. This was a military plane, folks. That's serious. That's serious. A military transport was used due to safety concerns with using a commercial flight and potential legal difficulties if for some reason, like, there was an issue on the plane and they had to divert to another country to, like, handle the situation. He was placed in solitary confinement in Rivere des Paris Detention Center. During questioning, he said that he was forced to do these horrible crimes by a man named Manny Lopez. Hmm. Hmm. Likely story. Sure, yeah. 
So June 19th, Luca appeared in court by video to plead not guilty to all charges through his lawyer. On June 21st, Luca appeared in person at a high-security Montreal courtroom to request a trial by jury. On July 1st, Lynn's head was recovered at the edge of a small lake in Montreal, uh, Montreal's Angrigon Park, after police received a tip. And on July 11th, Lynn's body was cremated. Well, I'm glad at least they were able to get all of him, you know what I mean, like back together. Hopefully, Um, yeah, that gives them a little more. But I mean, that's, that's a long time. July 11th or July yeah. 1st until they were able to find the head. Ugh, that's just yes. so sad. And that's what a lot of people say. Like you're glorifying Luca and not the victim by continuing to talk about Luca and not so much Junlin. Like the the issue is, is I don't have a whole lot of information on Junlin. I'm assuming his parents probably, this isn't something that they want to talk about because yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also important to talk about Luca while he was very vain and he probably loves all this attention, but it's important to like for the future, like history repeats itself and history should not be repeating itself for Mr. Luca. Because he's a terrible person. Yeah. All right. So now we're... That was 2012. Now we're moving on to 2013. So March 11th, a preliminary hearing began. The evidence presented is subject to a publication ban. So Luca's defense team didn't want the media and public to know anything about the hearing, but it was declined the next day. So they got one day of publication banned, and then now it's... Free for everybody. Right. Jun Lin's father traveled from China to attend the hearing. On March 13th, one of Luca's lawyers resigned due to conflict of interest. I don't really know what that conflict was. Um, an expert witness testified, including a forensic pathologist, a forensic toxicologist, a forensic autonologist. There's a lot of just... <laughs> a bloodstain analyst, a data recovery specialist, and an internet investigations officer. The prosecution displayed video evidence, and Luca and Lynn's father both physically collapsed separately um, at separate times during the proceeding. Jesus. I couldn't imagine being the father of that part, like, and having to go through, like, the nitty-gritty details of your son's murder. Like. That, but then you feel, you know, you have to be there to try to seek justice for him. Mm-hmm. But it would just be awful. So on April 12th, Luke was indicted um, on charges of first-degree murder, offering indignities to a human body, disturbing obscene mater- distributing obscene materials, using the post office to distribute obscene materials, and criminal harassment. Yeah. On July 16th, Edmonton police charged Bezcore.com owner Mark um, Merrick with corrupting public morals. Mm. July 26, 2013, Lynn's ashes were buried at Notre Dame uh, de Nigues yeah. Cemetery in Montreal. Yeah. What do you, I mean, what do you expect if you're running a website called bestgore.com? I like, agree what do you, with that. I, I mean, feel like that shouldn't be allowed. What? Bestgore.com? Like, don't you just like post, I'm sure there's other crazy videos of people like harming people. Yeah. Like what, that's what gore is. Right. So it's, it's like how. But it's different for a filmmaker to put what they've created on the. So it was like web. a film? It's like a snuff film. So a snuff film, and then like, yeah. But it was, I, I, so I thought this was just like gory videos. I, I didn't know, know, realize it was for. I clicked on it, but I didn't look. I don't know what it's for. Well, if it's for like film, that That's makes what sense. I would think it would be for. But there's places out there that are like. That's like on the dark web. Yeah. Just, this, is, this is a dot com. Are you going to go there? No. Okay. God, no. I don't want to. I saw you doing some stuff. I'm, I'm just like, scrolling what are you down. Doing? <laughs> no. Okay. I don't want to know. But I mean, if you have a website called bestcore.com, what do you expect? Yeah. Especially if people are able to post videos just freely. Yeah, that's the that's the bad part. Yeah, you should have some kind of freaking like uh, oversight. Admin, yeah. You know, you can't even post to some Facebook groups without admin approval. Right. Come yeah, on. It's, it's, that's wild. Yeah. So uh, now we move from 2013 to 2014. September 29th, Luca selected to be tried by judge and jury. He pleaded not guilty, admitting to the acts of which he was accused by claiming diminished responsibility due to mental disorder. He obviously had a mental disorder. Yeah, that's pretty sad to say. Hmm. But you still know right from wrong. 
You know? Crown attorney Louis Bolfier made his opening statement. Quebec Superior Court Justice Guy Cournoyer presided. I don't know what it is. I love Canada. I love you guys. But it's just different. Well, those are all these are French names. That's why. It's just different here in yeah. America. We got Judge Joe Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Crown attorney Louis Bolfier. Judge Judy. <laughs> right. You got one um, name. Well, yeah. He well anyway, he Justice Guy presided over the trial and it lasted ten weeks. On opening day, he instructed jurors that Luca admits the acts or the conducts underlying the crime for which he is charged. Your task will be to determine whether he committed the five offenses with the required state of mind of each offense. So that's what he said to the jury. Not so much, we know that Luca did this, but was he mentally there whenever he did it? Right. So during the... Yes. (laughs) During the trial, six tools... A pair of scissors, two knives, a screwdriver, an oscillating saw, and a hammer were recovered outside Luca's apartment, analyzed by a ballistics expert, Gilbert uh, Desjardins. He said none could be definitely linked to kill- to the killing, and no skeletal marks suggest that the screwdriver or scissors were used, but some were consistent with the saw and knife or exacto blade injuries. Hmm. During the trial, defense attorney Luke LeClaire... Now, that's a name that's a like. cool. That's a cool name. Um, ...argued that Luca was in a psychotic state at the time of the crimes and couldn't be responsible for his actions. The Crown prosecutor argued that the murder of June Lin was organized, premeditated, and that Luca was purposeful, mindful, ultra-organized, and ultimately responsible for his actions. Luca decided to not testify during the trial. During the trial, Luca was interviewed by many psychiatrists, and many diagnosed him with antisocial, histronic, never heard of that before, and narcissistic personality disorders, but the prosecution accused Luca of pretending to be schizophrenic since the defense was trying to plead diminished responsibility. And towards the end, we're going to get into how, like, how smart he really was with, like, trying to link all these pieces together to prove that he was some... Crazy person. Yeah. But he was just trying to get one over, I feel. I mean, I, I believe that he probably did have some sort of mental issue, but I think that everybody does. I mean, I'm yeah. not I'm not saying. I mean, he's smart enough to realize yeah. that he could get less of a sentence if he has one. Right. Okay. Um, so, after, or I'm sorry, December 15th. After 12 weeks, the jury of eight women and four men received the final instructions from the trial judge and were sequestered before beginning its deliberations the next day. December 23rd, on the eighth day of deliberation, they read the verdict Luca was guilty on all charges. He received a mandatory life sentence and was eligible for parole after 25 years. He also received a 19-year sentence for other charges, but he could serve those concurrently, which is bullshit. That is bullshit. I was about to say that. That's stupid that you can get two different crimes and serve them all at the same time. Yeah, it's like two for one. Yeah. That's it's dumb. not. Yeah. They should be stacked on top of each other. Yep. Yeah, he should never see the light of day. Uh, Luca filed um, and uh, Luca filed an appeal for the convictions. Appeal. Oh, appeal. I'm sorry. Uh, filed. My eyes don't work. Filed an appeal for the convictions to be annulled and a new trial ordered. The appeal was filed claiming the verdicts are unreasonable and unsupported by the evidence and the instructions. But on February 18th, 2015, Luca withdrew his appeal. Good. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. On January 25th, 2016, Merrick from bestscore.com changed his plea to guilty and was sentenced to a six-month conditional sentence after a joint submission from the Crown and defense. He had to serve half of his six-month sentence under house arrest. Well, that's not that bad of a deal. No. Even though I still don't really believe that it's Merrick's fault. No, but yeah, you got to be responsible for... If you're hosting a site, you got to be responsible for what's on it. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so this is some nitty-gritty stuff right here. Oh, boy. There's a Basic Instinct connection. Have you ever seen Basic Instinct? No. So I... Is, what's her name in it? Um, Sharon Stone. Demi Moore is who I was thinking. No. Okay. Wrong movie. I'm thinking of G.I. Jane. Don't know why. G.I. Jane? Yeah, no. Different movie. <laughs> Different movie. So this is Sharon Stone and Michael Douglas. 
Okay. Okay. Get that in your mind. Gotcha. Sharon Stone's a sleep. Okay. Okay, get that in your Very mind. Very cool. Yep. Michael Douglas is a drunk detective. Nice. Who's falls in love with this Sharon Stone. With the slut. With the slut. There's the lots of sexy time. Have a... Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, it is on Netflix if you care to watch it. I've never seen it, like, in its entirety, but I pretty much... Is it like the 90s? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Like, early. Early 90s. I feel. Yeah. Um... So I pretty much just, like, fast-forwarded quickly through the whole thing to try to get the gist of what I was watching. Mm. Okay. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more. So for those of you who haven't seen it, it's about a crappy detective, Nick Curran, who falls in lust, not love, <laughs> with Catherine Trammell. Now, these names. That's where I gotcha. Important. Mm. She's the author of thriller crime books with a trial of mysterious deaths behind her that actually mirror the murders in her writing. Okay? In the documentary, Don't Fuck With Cats, Luca's mom says he's obsessed with basic instinct. He's, she kept a keychain of basic instinct movie poster that was his from years ago. Hmm. So he loves it. And he pretty much loves all movies in general. So I put together a list of what what works. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I like that explanation. What works? What works here? So what you, goes together with the crime, you mean? Yeah, like what mirrors. What's the same? Okay. Yeah. What so you, works? So you start us off there. So the opening scene to Basic Instinct um, shows some sexy time between Catherine and her boyfriend, Johnny Balls. Um, he is then tied up with a white silk scarf uh, on the bed frame, and it shows a stained glass window above the bed. In the video, One Lunatic, One Ice Pick, Lynn is tied to the bed with a white cord, and they are similar to Boz in the film. In the center of the wall, there's also a Casablanca movie poster that compares, um, that's compared to a stained glass window. Yeah. So, it looks, so he's like trying to make it look the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. During the opening scene in Basic Instinct, after she ties him to the bed frame, she pulls out an ice pick that's hidden in the bed covers, and then like totally just goes ham and starts stabbing the shit out of him. Dang. And one lunatic, one ice pick, Luca kills Lynn with a screwdriver that he painted to look like an ice pick. So he painted the handle silver. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Luca loved creating fake profiles and names. He was obsessed with not only the basic instinct, but movies in general. And he used fake names to reflect that. One of his fake names he used was Kirk Trammell, which was Catherine's last name in Basic Instinct. Mm. Weird. When Luca was interrogated by the police, he asked for a cigarette and then crossed his legs. Now, everybody knows, if you know nothing, about the famous leg crossing part of Basic Instinct when she's not wearing any undies and shows her hoo-ha to everybody. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, so she asked for a cigarette when she's doing it. So basically, he's, he's mimicking her motions. Yikes. In Basic Instinct, Catherine plots murders uh, months or years in advance. Before she killed her boyfriend, she wrote a book called Love Hurts, where a rock star is killed by his lover with an ice pick um, when his hands are tied to a bedpost with a white silk scarf, then gives the alibi that she would be very stupid to commit murders based on her own writing. Mm. Lucas spent tons of time plotting his murders and appeared to create fake alibis or rationale for his killing. Yeah. Luca never denied killing Lynn, but he said that he was forced to do so by Manny Lopez. Now, this is where it's like, you're nuts, okay? He talked to several people about this big, bad Manny Lopez for years before this happened. Um, he said that he had met Manny when he was an escort and then kind of fell under his control and had to do what he said. Luca even went to an attorney named Romeo Salta wanting to talk about the abuse he had um, from Manny, mm-hmm. the attorney looked like a wish version <laughs> of Michael Douglas, <laughs> who is the detective in Basic Instinct. Luca even asked him if people say, hey, you look like Michael Douglas during the meeting. Yikes. After Luca's arrest, Romeo was interviewed for the Don't Fuck With Cats documentary and said that the move was psychotic and brilliant at the same time. Investigators cannot find anybody named Manny Lopez. I mean, I'm sure there's a Manny Lopez out there. Right. But not... Linked to this. Yeah. yeah. And in Basic Instinct, one of Catherine's ex-boyfriends is named Manny Vasquez. So basically, he's saying the movie made him do it. But he's not really, like, admitting... No. But he's, he's using it. He's, like, creating people in his head almost. Yeah. 
Like these are actual people. Yeah. That's insane. Crazy town. Yeah, that's nuts. I mean, he's already been crazy, but this is just like crazy another town. Layer. This this is crazy onion. Yeah. You keep peeling back the layers, and it gets it just crazier and crazy. crazy. So, what is Luca doing now? In 2015, Luca signed up for Canadian Canadian Inmates Connect, which is a dating website for people in prison. This there's dating websites <laughs> for literally every single person in the world. Apparently. And there's still single people out there. Yeah. Well, then you feel bad if if an inmate can find somebody, but you're single. Like, what are you doing? I mean, I'm sure their their standards are next to nothing. Yeah, no. His standards were actually kind of high, though. He was seeking out a white man between the ages of 28 to 38 years old who was loyal, well-educated, financially, and emotionally stable and was interested in a long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. That's hilarious that he's looking for somebody emotionally stable and he's fucking insane. Right. Maybe that's (laughs) why he's like, I I need need somebody to ground me. (laughs) June 26, 2017, Luca married a guy that he met off this website, Anthony Jolin, which I think is weird that it's Jolin is his last name and June Lin oh, is yeah. who he killed. That is weird. Which is just a, probably a coincidence. But uh, the marriage took place at Pont Cartier Prison where they were both detained. How romantic. That sounds like a nice prison. It really does. That <laughs> sounds like a fucking resort. <laughs> his mother, Anna, was there to witness the... The beautiful ceremony, I'm sure. Yikes. Two shackled up lovebirds. Yikes. And how is this guy financially stable or That's emotionally it. stable if he's in fucking prison? Yeah, neither. But whatever. Case. Yeah. I I'm mean, sure he just wrote that on his profile. Yeah. And then it's just like whoever responded. I think like, he yep. really is living in a different world. Like yeah, he different, just in his head. Yeah. yeah. So in letters to his friend, um, Lucas states that the doors are open 90% of the time, so it feels like I'm in a university setting. (laughs) In his most recent correspondence to the friend, the 33-year-old killer writes um, of working seven days in the prison kitchen and then relaxing with art, music, sports, and reading. He was quoted to say, I just bought Celine Dion's album and a lot of others. I have a stereo and a a portable um, stereo for when I suntan outside. I really think he's like just making it sound making it sound fantastic. He says, "I went outside and played in the snow today and made a little snowman." LOL. I know it's juvenile, but it's still fun. Same with snowball fights. Ha ha ha. Thankfully, <laughs> we have hot chocolate here. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Maybe it is. Maybe it's just nice. Maybe in Canada they're different. I don't know. So he goes on to talk about the prison food. He said, the food here is really, really good, and they serve a lot. The Italian is the best, and I also love the ice cream. You go to jail and get fucking ice cream? I don't even get ice cream at my house. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. On March 3rd, 2015, he bragged, there's a convenience store here, but it's only... Or it's open every day and sells everything you can imagine. Mm-hmm. The later, or the later, the letter says he's on a diet, so he doesn't buy any junk food. But he does indulge when his friends have a pizza party night. But he works uh, it off through dancing and running. So where do I sign up? Yeah, no kidding. This sounds like a resort. I've had a pizza party since fucking fourth grade. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, at the end of the day, my final thoughts is fuck this guy. Yeah, safe to say. I hope that he dies in prison. Mm. He doesn't deserve to be married and enjoy prison food and have a nice sunbathe and a, a, a snowball you fight. You don't get Celine Dion. No Celine Dion. You get none. No. That's for free She's people. too good for you, yeah. bro. That's well, for non-murderers. No. Whenever he did horrible things to these animals, he did horrible things to Jun Lin, he's not going to be able to get married. Like, yeah, that's pretty fucked. You're a shit person, and sometimes there's no rehabilitation to that. You're just a bad you're dude. Just sick, yeah. Because if he gets out in 25 years, he's obviously made up this facade that prison is just like um, I'm staying at a country club. We should at least, after he gets out of prison, go to a mental hospital. Yeah, for life. He's, yeah, he's insane. He should be in a padded room. Yes. So that's how I feel about that. Yeah. You were very excited to talk about this today. I just. I'm pumped about it. Like, I feel like an injustice has happened, and it's still happening, because he's having a, a great time. It's out there eating ice cream, listening to Celine. Right. Damn. Pizza parties? I love pizza parties. <laughs> it's just yeah. screwed up. 
So my sources, like I said, I dug into this. So I watched the Don't Fuck With Cats documentary. I joined the Facebook page. I read through, like, all of the stuff on the Facebook group page. I went to thefamouspeople.com, wiki.com, oxygen.com, murderpedia, thefamouspeople, globalnews.com, <laughs> torontosun.com, and heavy.com. Because this shit's heavy. Mm, true. I still feel like there's some justice that needs to be served. And I'm ready. Yeah. If the people, if Body Movin' and John Green need help, I'm there for you. So what else you got to say? You got anything else to add to this crazy town? I don't think so. This guy is, yeah, like I said, being a padded room forever. Cause Terrible person. He's out of his mind. Yeah. So, what do you think about <laughs> Luca Rocco Magnata and the Don't Fuck With Cats documentary? I'm telling you, a lot of people are the same as me. Can't watch it because of the terrible no, things. Yeah. Just fast hit the fast forward button through those parts. Or just mute it. You'll maybe. get the gist. Yeah. You can't really my thing is hearing, like I don't want to yeah. hear any kind of uh, or anything like that. And you can't really hear any of that, right. luckily. Um so it's just the visual. And and it's not just one. They're gonna pop up like, oh here's a new video. Uh, right. And then you're stuck with it for It's very well done in the documentary. It's very it was, it's it was very, very nice. Good. Yeah. It's very good documentary, so I highly suggest it. Okay. Well, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> so on that note, hope your week gets better. Yeah, because uh, I don't know. I might go keep going. See what I can find. Oh, my. I'm going to find follow Danny up Lopez. every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going to turn into like, a Luca Magnata podcast. Right? <laughs> all right. Well, let us know what you think about this. How, how did you interpret it? Do you believe that Luca should rot in hell like me and Jord? Or what? Yeah. Okay. I think that it would be pretty... The consensus is yes. Yeah. I don't think there's any question. No. Terrible. (laughs) Especially after, yeah. Terrible, crazy person. Okay. Well, we hope you all have a great week. Love one another. Yeah. And animals. Be nice. Be nice. Don't be crazy. And prison is not a country club. No. Okay. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 